Greetings. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to the Lee's Billboard Radio. Greetings. My name is Hubert Packersburg, and um, I'm broadcasting live out of Los Angeles, California. I want to welcome and thank everyone who has decided to tune in and hear this discussion today with me and my colleagues. First off, I want to um, greet everyone in the name of peace, which is the universal greeting of all the prophets, from Adam to Muhammad. Uh, Moses said peace. David said peace. Jesus the Christ, he said peace. And now we're still looking for that universal peace that the world can't seem to give. Um, Today what we're going to try to do in this hour and a half is to be relevant and stay on topic and don't divert into anything that's going to remotely let anyone of you get bored and decide that it's not something that you want to tune into again. I think one of the things that I will try to accomplish is to stay above the fray of partisan rhetoric and decided and decide that um that uh looking at how we view the paradigm and beliefs, how we we you know, we are so we 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 delve delve into petty politics whereby we you know, we look at everything within a paradigm of either a PUP or a UDP, and we can't seem to get out of that mix. You know, our, our political maturity has not risen to the level where we can uh, view our problems in a nonpartisan manner and decide what's in the best interest of the country, despite where the, the policies are coming from. So, and I think that in and of itself that in and of itself is where we are as a country. Why we are, we are. It's almost like we're in a time warp, standing still. We can't get out of our way because we continue to be very immature politically. That we believe that if someone criticizes your policy, or someone criticizes what you are doing as as as, a, as an elected representative, that person is is against you. So it's almost like a mentality of either I'm with you. Or I'm against you. Either I am, either I, am, I follow what you're doing, or if I they criticize you, oh gee, guess what? You, you know, you have to be in a camp. You have to be pigeonholed into a particular, into a particular corner. And to me, that is what is wrong. At least one of the things that is wrong, anyway, with how we view the development of our country, because we're too paranoid criticism. And as a public policy analyst. If you if you're gonna formulate an implement policy for the public good, then invariably you will have criticism. But that criticism criticism doesn't have to be based on party allegiance or based on party affiliation. That criticism should be based on what the merits of your policy is or what the merits of your policies are. You know? So basically if you if you're gonna interact a policy that you said is for the betterment of your people, but it doesn't provide the greatest good for the greatest number or it doesn't, um, or it's not a public good, which by definition is non-rival and exclusive, then you have to be prepared for the criticism that's going to come if that if the policy is not well thought out, it's not thoughtful, or if it's just a policy that you you uh, interact with ad hoc, stopgap, or a policy that's just based on reaction. 
as opposed to proaction. So I think as a as a country, Belize has got the evolution of well, the evolution of our country has got to be at the point where we are politically mature to stand criticism about policies that doesn't do anything to develop the country as a whole. And I think that is where we are as a country. And for me, as someone living in the diaspora for the past 30 years, I have seen very little or no growth. And I'm not being harsh with my criticism. I'm not being harsh with my assessment. Work with me for a minute here, people. We had independence in 1981. And for the past 30 years or so, the laws have basically remained the same. Yes, we have done little amendments here or there, but we continue to nibble around the periphery of what the real issues are. We continue to fight with a constitution that, by and large, has been, has aided and abetted the new colonialists that continue to exploit the resources of the country. You know, and then, this is the worst part. We have career-minded, corrupt politicians who all they want to do is just, you know, they, they're just concerned about their career. And I'm not blaming politicians because this is very important too. The people have got to take responsibility because we are just willing accomplices to our own demise. It's easy to criticize a politician, you know, because that's what they do. You know, they, 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 they think very highly of themselves and they believe in their own self-worth anyway. So it's easy to blame them, but at some point you're going to look in the mirror and say, well, what role do you play? It says more about you that you continue to have these people lead you by the nose and to, as opposed to thinking for yourself and, and than it does them because it only makes sense. It's human, it's human uh, natural human tendencies. Natural human tendencies for you to follow around someone who believes that they have the, they, they can lure you in without you using your brain power that God gave you. And Almighty God gave each and every one of us a brain to think, and we need to start using it because to, you know, to just depend on handouts, just depend on, on, um, on, 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 on a welfare kind of thing. And it's not even a welfare thing because, they, you, know, they, you know, they come to you and they give you X until you're going to get Y, but you never get to Y until you can decide that you're going to stand on your own legs and do what you can as a person. That's the only way you're going to make it in this world, okay? Yes, it's okay to get a ladder to get to a certain point, but you don't want to be dependent on that ladder for the rest of your life. At some point, they kick you. what they say, the fledgling must leave the nest and make its own path. Now, I don't want to be preaching to anybody because I know all of you, many of you did not listen. Tune into my show to uh, to um to hear me preach or to hear me um, you know put down anybody because I'm not trying to divide anyone along any classist line. But it's important that we understand our history and where we came from. We came from a colonial system that at its core is based on racism, sexism, classism, any other ism that you want to put in terms of how Belize paradigm is shaped. Uh, I believe my, my, my guest, Bilal Morris, are you online? Yes, I'm here. Okay, good, good, all right. Good. I'm excited for, for seeing that, my brother, because I'm just, um, I'm just giving a little preamble to what we're going to talk about and what we're going to discuss, okay? Okay. okay um, so as I was saying to my uh, to my uh, my audience, you know we are at, at the stage.
stage in our development where our evolution has been retarded because of our inability to look past partisan, petty partisan lines. And we continue to view every dynamic political category. Simple, silly stuff that, that should not, have no, nothing to do with categories, we tend to put them in categories, categories and we tend to just look at it as, as either if it's not a red, if it's not from a red uh, uh, perspective, then it's wrong. If it's not from a blue perspective, then it's wrong. There's no one, no one has been able to articulate a vision that says, look, the development of the country comes first and the development of, you know, long-term development and economic growth of the country comes first and also the development of the people as a resource comes first. Mind you, but what we continue to see is neoliberal, uh, neoliberal uh, philosophy. What is neoliberal philosophy? That's a conservative-driven philosophy of market development that's based entirely on its Italian market, which says that privatization at any cost, it also says that the end justifies the means. So who suffers when this occurs? The vast majority of poor working class Bolivians who are marginalized, who cannot access this political economy, and go to believe, you know, and you would see exactly what I'm saying. You know, you have a vast, go on the south side of Belize and observe and, and talk to these residents and see how, you know, they have, they, 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 they have no dreams or aspirations. It's just a situation where everyone is just waiting for a handout or waiting for some politician to give them uh, some sort of measure. One lady told me that she needs to uh, go see the minister because when it rains, the zinc, the zinc um, you know, I guess the water comes through the roof on the zinc. That's just an example of this mentality where, you know, these political parties, they're not trying to educate their their um. The clients, the clients that they that they do, that that that, that um support them, they want to keep they want to view the public as necessary to keep them in pure, to vote them into power every five years in periodic election. And aside from that, there's no kind of uh, education going on against for their members. There's no kind of uh, uh, rational development so that they can look at policies, you know, and, and how it affects them. As a matter of fact, I would argue that. Majority of the, you know, of our people vote against the economic interests in in, in Belize, and that goes right across the board. It goes whether you know whether it has nothing to do with economics, it has nothing to do with you know, um, you know, status in in the society. We continue to vote against our economic interests, and we continue to look at our politics in in um within a, a narrow trajectory, a paradigm of red or blue. Dr. Ivan Van Sertima, the, the late anthropologist, described it as Colonialism has so captured an imagination that it's difficult for us to look at any other any other way outside of that paradigm. So when and even when progressive minded people like Michael Manley, Dr. Uh, Walter Rodney, Fidel Castro and others come and say, Look, people, you need to look at alternatives. You need to look at uh, you know, at other ways of developing your country, they look at him like, Well, the guy must be crazy. What what is he talking about? You know, he's a radical. He they immediately pigeonhole him and brand him into something that some crazy, crazy um, person like like Al Haj Majid Al Haj Malik Shabazz, also known as better known as Malcolm X, once said that be careful, people, that you don't buy into the propaganda of the uh, of the media and others, because you're going to start believing, you know, you're going to start loving the oppressor and hating the oppressed, and this is where we are as a people. And so, beloved, my brother, um, we're going to talk about 
one of the, the, the well, this is a topic, but we're going to tie everything that's relevant into what you know what this topic is. But we want to discuss how um, how the the the, the, you know, the, the, the the diaspora, the importance of the diaspora to to believe, and the relevance of the diaspora to believe, and how you know we talk the diaspora. And when I mean the diaspora, I'm talking about people who live outside of belief. You know, not in, you know, you know, because your Belize also, you know, well, though, uh, my my good friend Bert Tucker said Belize also have its own diaspora within it too, which is another story. But um, we're talking about those people who who live outside of Belize, and whether it's in the United States, or Europe, well, North America, you know, Europe, you know, Africa, Caribbean, you know, we we try we we asking, you know, we we try, we want to examine what what impact that they have on our society, and if so, how can they how can they impact our society? Because I mean, we're not just it, it 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 surpasses material goods. Because since 2006, we have contributed half a billion dollars to the Belizean economy, and that's as more that's as much as the Super Bowl, which is the earmark about 554 million dollars. So hey, that's a lot of cheese if you if you want to look at it quite like that. But yet and still, we see a country in a stagnant state of development. What is going on? What are we doing wrong? I, I, on my recent visit to Belize in August, um, a, a little woman told me, I said, I said, you know what the problem is? She said, we are contributing to the world. We are contributing to the welfare state, Bilal. Um, mm-hmm. Feel free to join, you know. I mean, what's your, what's your perspective? Yeah, um, are you you're hearing me, brother? Yeah, go ahead, brother. Are you hearing me? Yes. Um, yes, yes, the, yes. The, the, the situation is, is twofold in my in my opinion, and it's that Belizeans are contributing directly, directly to um, to, to uh, the development of Belize, regardless of any kind of constitutional uh, blockade that has been placed there to say to any kind of contributing directly, directly to to to. The development of Belize, regardless of any kind of constitutional uh, blockade that is in place. Yeah. Um, what we see in there is, regardless of that uh, that uh, resistance to to stop Belizeans abroad, we still have a situation where we are contributing financially and otherwise over the past 20 years or so more. Um, the problem is at this present time is that how are we then going to be more meaningful to the development mm-hmm. of Belize apart from remittances and visiting there? The whole aspect of the, the constitutional right that is placed in the universal adult suffrage where we are supposed to be voting regardless of the fact that we live abroad, where we have that constitutional right to vote and do not have to be placed under any kind of circumstances where you have to live there for a period of time, but that you can vote in Belize regardless of that and decide, help become part of the decision-making and who our leaders are. That's the real crucial matter at this time, and that's what the diaspora presently is involved with in trying to not go beyond this whole thing of remittances and, and all the other direct help. So mm-hmm. this is the new day, and this is the new challenge. And there are various things happening in the diaspora, uh, particularly here in Los Angeles, where there are coalitions that are building in trying to break down those walls, those constitutional walls 
in our Belizean constitution as saying that we, if we want to vote and to make a decision, want to be a part of the decision-making process in Belize, we will have to come there and live there and, 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 and all, that other, all that other stuff. We are saying, no, that is unnecessary because our right is a universal right placed in the, univ in the universal adult, um, adult suffrage, which is a, a, a UN-based charter that gives us that right. And if it has to take Belizeans in the diaspora, and it won't take an a, a, a army or a, or thousands. It could just take a few Belizeans who will break down those walls who understand that when you can't get your rights at home, you take it to the United Nations. And this is one of the things that we are looking at in, in, in terms of breaking down those walls and giving us that constitutional universal right to, 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 to participate in the development of a country as we are supposed to apart from these, uh, the, the direct way in which we are doing anyway. Um, I also want to say that our country has changed uh, demogra uh, demographically. We have the, 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 the Central American refugees who have come into Belize since the 1980s and before that have been able to change the landscape in terms of how Belize is identified and seen as a nation. This is something, regardless if we like it or not, it is happening. And for those Belizeans who are living abroad, we are, are looking at how that demographic is changing because the, 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 the Central American refugees, as much who are immigrants in that, in that country and who have those who have gone through the process of making themselves naturalized and have abided by the rules and laws and regulations of that country, they have a due right to participate in the development of that country, and they, and they are. Now, we are looking at how will the diaspora get involved in that whole process of now where we find that even Central American refugees are being, uh, who are now naturalized Belizean citizens are given more rights than the Belizean in the diaspora, who have constitutionally have the right to participate in the development of that country in all different sectors. So the, the, the question now for me is with the changing demographic landscape that we see in Belize, how will this diaspora break down the barriers and face the challenges that this new emerging Belize is now facing. And that's, uh, that's the, the point that I wanted to make. Uh -huh. Well, I think what it is below, excellent. I, you know, um, one of the things that I, that I observe, I look at, you know, and you touch on the, the, the aspect of the Central American immigrant. For all intents and purposes, uh, Belize is a migratory, no, a migratory population. That, that, that goes without saying. You know, we have a situation where, where um, you know, that, you know, these people from Central America, whether it be El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and you know, you can't knock them. You know, they they are only trying to find, you know, for them, for for, for they, they they they're trying to find economic progress, just like we did when we migrated from from the United States. So, you know, when they go to Belize, they don't see a poor, destitute um, country. They see in many respects and many regards, a Mecca, a haven, like if that's their America. And they, you know, first yes. of all, for many of them, they come from 
uh, situations where they never owned land before. They never had, so land tenure was something that was foreign to them. Um, freedom of speech was also something very, very foreign, like in places like Guatemala, Salvador, you know, and, and in Honduras. So when they go to Belize and they see this, it's like, wow, it's like a freedom that they've never had before. So they dive into the culture. And believe it or not, do not call them anything else other than Belizean because they resent it. They want to be known as Belizean. They want to be known as uh, as people that develop that develop in that country. So uh, you have to respect right. them. But I think one of the things that that, that 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 I wanted to ask you is, do you believe that um that that we have that that the Belizeans, the so-called Creole, Garifuna, and you know the Belizeans who not the migratory population, but the Belizeans who stayed home. Do you think it's because if you speak with the Central American immigrants, they embrace you and they want you to be a part of their development. But it's the other half, if you will, who has adopted this apartheid type division that the British brought. That you know, oh, that they, since you're not here, you don't understand the the main thing is oh, you're not on the ground, so you don't understand that out. They're licking you at the tech, whatever. That's the that's the thing they like to say. So I'm sorry. The, the, the question is, how do we? bridge that gap with these people because they are very hostile to the diaspora, almost to the point of hatred. Right. You, 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 we have been watching that uh, mindset over the past uh, 10 years uh, developing, and it is developing uh, because of the changing demographic. Um, these are push and pull factors that you have to take into consideration in that as the Central American refugee influx becomes more defined, and as they are demanding more representation, and then you have the migratory aspect of the African Belizean or black Belizeans outside of Belize, for those who have remained and stayed there, they are under a certain kind of pressure. Here you have your population moving out, your indigenous population, or born and grown Belizeans moving out, and then you have now a Central American refugee population that has gone through all. Not all of it has been legal. There's a lot of illegal immigration in Belize. But for those who have played, the, who have played their cards right, who have done the right thing, you have, they are demanding more resources. They are demanding more representation. They are demanding, as you said, a voice. They are demanding that they play a role even now in political office, right? Mm -hmm. And this is what is happening all over the world. If you look at Germany, if you look at all over the world, immigration, immigrant populations are beginning to demand more representation. And so, therefore, we in Belize are faced with that same very dilemma, that as mm -hmm. populations migrate out and other populations move in, we are now faced with, government is now faced with that challenging what are, how are we now going to uh, address the whole aspect of a, of, a, of a home population that has stayed there that, has, that are saying you are giving more rights to the immigrant population and that we are seeing that in Belize where marginalization of the black Belizean population that remains there has become a very, very serious crisis to the point where you, where you see serious object poverty that has become exponential, right? It's because the, the resources that government is now, that government is now, government 
most of those resources that government that government there distributes are being sucked up by that immigrant that Central American refugee population who are now citizens of that country and demanding resources, rights, and other things, other things at the expense mm-hmm. of that population that remains home. So these are dynamics that the Belizeans who are crying out about diaspora Belizeans going to be this and that. They are only reacting to a certain uh, 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 world phenomena that is occurring all over the world. We understand yeah. their, 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 their cry, but I don't think that they understand what is happening around them globally, that these are dynamics that you have, that, they have, that your government at home is faced with two challenges. How are you going to, how are you going to address the, the aspect of uh, screaming Central American refugees who have now become naturalized citizens demanding representation, and then your population is, that is there, your indigenous population that is saying, hey, you are distributing resources to that, pop, that immigrant population at the expenses of us. So they see the diaspora Belizean, when the diaspora Belizeans demand representation, they also treat the diaspora Belizeans in the same way that they look at the Central American uh, immigrant population that has become citizens there. There is a, we, we, they have become uh, I don't want to use the word jealous, but they have become um, uh, skeptical. They feel that their that, 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 that their rights and their privileges have been pressed upon, and and here we, they have been bombarded from two quarters. Immigrant populations in Belize who are demanding representation, and the diaspora Belizeans who are demanding representation also. And in the middle of that is the suffering masses of the Black Belizean population that suffers from year to year in terms of how you presented it on your Facebook page when you've shown that, object, that, that picture of object poverty, that whole concept, that symbolism that represents oh, yeah. the people in the middle here that suffers, right? Um, yeah. There are solutions to this problem, and I want to look, before I, before I go, I want to present a solution to the problem here. Mm-hmm. The government of well, the day know. can address both, can, 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 address the demands of both of both the diaspora Belizeans that are asking for their constitutional right to participate in the development of that country both as voting and as holding public office and the Central American citizen immigrants that have become citizens who also demand government can address both and can if, if government is 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 wise enough and they are thinking enough they can realize that those are two great gems right there that they can use to develop that country in this new age because that's how other countries are using their immigration, their immigrant population, particularly the United States, while at the same time also addressing the needs of their people who are here. You have the same problem in the United States. It's the American citizens crying out about how immigrants have come and have taken away the privileges that they enjoy. But at the same time, the United States government tries to realize that both of these two sectors, the immigration, the immigrant population are bringing in new businesses. They are creating new, new ideas. They are even looking at immigrants now as the new uh, uh, Steve Jobs, you know. And they are not the at their indigenous population are saying that this is the next 501k companies are going to come from. Please have to begin to start the government, that is. 
we'll have to start to look at these dynamics and watch that other countries are using these dynamics to develop their country in this new time and sort of sort of disregard opposition foolishness that's used for political expediency to put to put one group against the others. What we are seeing here is that it's take the political football putting the Belizeans in the diaspora against the Central American refugees who have become citizens in that country. And in the middle of it, the screaming black are marginalized and they want from both. Yeah. If government is wise enough to opposition, you know, you need to be quiet. And we are going to do this because we see this as a meaningful, uh, meaningful way to develop our country. All countries are doing it abroad that has immigrant population. So therefore, we are going to press this. This is our new agenda. But we are not seeing that. We are seeing the government in power uh, under opposition uh, propaganda and opposition pressure that Belizeans in the diaspora, uh, as the Belizeans in the diaspora, demanding their representation in their constitutional uh, representation to, to vote. Yeah, it's excellent. I, you know, I mean, you touch on a point that that that, uh, that has that has been developed for a long time, and we've seen the relative decline of the. And I don't see. I don't want to become classist or to make do into categories because that's not what I'm here for. But it, it's a it's an issue that on the forefront that has to be discussed. If we if we want to find any meaningful and thoughtful solution, you know, to these to these varied myriad of problems that we have, for example, the the, the plight, the plight of the black Belizeans, and I'm not, I'm not, when I say black Belizean, I'm not talking just Creole. I'm talking about black Belizean period is 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 yes. is, 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 is alarming. Creole and Garifuna. Let's uh, just put it that way. Creole and Garifuna, a mixed race of Belizeans, a diverse culture that has a lot of cross-cultural pollination going on. So whatever is is considered black is considered black, period. Indeed. Yeah, well, yeah, well, basically they have been, in, in all of this continuum, as this pyramid go, goes up, they have, at, for the most part, been at the bottom of that continuum. And, you know, even with these Central American immigrants that, that, that they show resentment for. And at the same time, too, you can scapegoat them for, 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 for inaction and uh, and. and if we're not developing public policy or we're not developing policies or, or measures to, to address the poverty, the marginalization poverty of the, work, the vast majority of the Belizeans, you know, vast majority of the working class poor Belizeans, because and in particular, who has felt the brunt of this, uh, of, of, of this is the Belizean black male. I want you to touch on that for a second, brother. Yeah, you know, the the condition of the black Belizean population in Belize has become uh, a serious crisis today. And it has been something that has been festering for the last 20 years, so to speak. The whole aspect of gang warfare, the introduction of the, the, the whole concept of the war on drugs that has obliterated the black populations of Belize City, because the black population is mostly centered in Belize City with a large amount in Dangriga and other parts of Belize, Cayo and Corozal and so forth and so on where there are other ethnic groups. But the the, 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 the so called war on drugs have been have become the, the, the main culprit in the destruction of the black Belizean uh, male in terms of how uh, 
U.S. hegemony in trying to curb the the control of drugs coming in from the from 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 those places where they are manufactured, and you and all and the Caribbean and Central America being used as a as a transshipment point into the United States. Belizean Belizean government resources are cut in where United States military is requesting and demanding that the Belize Coast Guard and the Belize BDF and all of that work hand in hand with them in trying to curb this drug. A lot of that cocaine, a lot of that drug stays in Belize and we are finding that the marginalized black unemployment rate is is skyrocketing at this time. Things are uh, lucrative and are, are very seductive, and they get into it. And what we have is the creation of of gangs and 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 the destruction of the black youth and the destruction of his whole educational uh, uh, future to 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 become a meaningful uh, 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 person in Belizean society. That is the main culprit there. And then we have the whole area of poverty where there are there are there are Belizeans whose lives have not become any have have not become any better over the last thirty years, right? It has stayed the same. If you look at one party to another, it has not. These governments have come and gone, and they have not developed resources, the human resources of the black Belizean male, and the black Belizean mm-hmm. male and female. Let's put it: the black Belizean youth or the black Belizean population, right? Which, as I spoke about earlier, is squeezed between these two groups that are demanding representation, right? But most of all, the biggest, the biggest uh, pressure exerted right now is Central American refugees' demand for more constitutional rights. As now as they become citizens, the, that pressure has been placed on the, the, where, where black Belizeans had more opportunities in terms of how they access, as what Dr. Jerome Strauss called mobility, in moving up the ladder, making their lives better. Central American refugees are sucking up those resources. And so where we have now, we have a skyrocketing unemployment rate among black Belizeans, particularly black Belizean youth, and therefore are exponential growth in poverty. And that is the, 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 the crux of the matter. The so-called war on drugs, which have put a tremendous pressure on that country and has marginalized the enclaves of black Belizean populations across that country, particularly in Belize City. And the, the new immigrants who have, who have become um, are merged into Belizean society and are demanding representation are displacing that black Belizean population into what you would call a a beggar society, you know, a, a society that uh, does not have any kind of representation at all in government because they are not represented. The governments are representing those people who are paying for their campaigns. And Central American refugees have become, they have become affluent. They have become pros- prosperous because of hard work and doing exactly what anybody would do. Now, you see immigrants do in, in any part of the world. Somehow, our people have not been able to, black Belizeans, that is, are not been able to acquire those skills to be able to deal with that onslaught. 
there are few that we can speak about our lawyers and our doctors and so forth amongst that are, can be termed black delusions. But we are specifically talking about that population that has been displaced. You're talking about a displaced population here that, that, that has become a victim of a war. Immigrant population that is demanding, that is demanding rights and resources, and how is catering to that popul that immigrant population in that country at the expense of the black Belizean uh, masses that built that country was at the backbone of their, that country. The 1950s People's United Party was built upon Belizeans. Okay. The, 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 the country was built upon slavery of black Belizeans. So we are watching a population that was the that played a tremendous role in building that country, being displaced by these uh, alternating factors that we are seeing out here. That we can say that it was done by design, but that it, it is happening, and, and government will have to find some way to address these uh, this this very serious problem because then what they become society they rob they steal they 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 they, they are, are menace to the business class now you are seeing where they're encroaching in on the on the uh, on the uh, on the, the expatriates Belizeans and going in and we see the increase of home invasions and 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 there are seals we see in the in Mandela newspaper and all across the various news media that the expatriates have been complaining about how this population, this displaced population of youth, of black Belizeans, have become a menace to them. And now you see where the police has taken up a new stance instead of serving that, serving the agenda of the people who pay for government campaigns, taking them out when they catch them. They don't send them to court no more. They eliminate them, you know. They shoot them down. So well, you know, it's the crisis it has become a crisis now that requires answers, not a lot of talk, action on the ground. That something must be done, and I know government knows that this is happening. They understand. They have technocrats who are bringing information and consultants to them and telling them this is what is happening. You need to address this. But I think that we are watching a government in power that is almost throwing up their hands to say, well, hey, you know what? We can't do any more about this. The criminals have taken over. And uh, that, 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 the, the, the country on a whole, people are left to, to, to take the law into their own hands. So it is, it, is a, it is a crisis, but it can be solved by action and by waking up to the, to the, to the, to the changing times that this is not government should realize that this is not something that they are that 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 was of their own design but that these are global factors that are playing out in Belize that's why you say you 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 think locally but act globally you know and I think that we are Belize we are too caught up in our own mindset and dealing with bread and butter issues, and we are not understanding the global factors that are exerting on that country itself. And the global factors I'm talking about right now is how, you, how do you address migration and immigration in Belize, and, the, and, and, and immigrants who have become citizens who are demanding rights in that country, resources and their population has, been, has exponentially grown. 
to the to the to the at the at the expense of that population that are that is that is there. So this attitude that Belizeans, those I would call the 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 the, um, the part of the status quo, because it's not grassroots Belizeans who are who are criticizing, who are, who are who are creating this criticism against Belizeans diaspora. But it's a it's a it's a status quo criticism that is coming in and saying that. Um, uh, you will not have no right here. We, as diaspora Belizeans, will help in this problem, in this crisis. And we are helping. Every day and every week, there are Belizeans who go home there and they help their people who are suffering in that, 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 that grassroots community, who are suffering, who are merged, who are squeezed in this whole, in this whole, in this whole um, merger going on. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, for those people who are just the listeners who are just uh, finding the login or just accessing the, the link, uh, my name is Hubert Pipersburg, um, and I'm here live with my colleague Bilal Morris. Bilal Morris, we're both members of a group called Breda, Belize Rural Economic Development uh, Development of Agriculture Through Alliance. We've been active in um, in um, in the politics of Belize in and outside of Belize for some decades now. And um, we are here discussing the relevance of uh, the diaspora as it relates to, to you know, vis-a-vis the, you know, the diaspora and, 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 and our brother, and our, and our brethren and sisters living in the motherland. And you know, um, feel free to post your comments. Feel free to post your questions. If I can access them, I will try to address them. Like one brother was saying, below that um, he purposely and he has no love for the uh, for the Guatemalans that comes in because. Under the Constitution of the United States, under the Constitution, my, my, my bad, under the Constitution of Belize, Guatemalan immigrants should not, it clearly states where Guatemalan interest, immigrants do not have any rights because of the hostility of Guatemala towards, well, at least not the Guatemalan, let, let me be clear, it's not the Guatemalan people we're talking about, we're talking about the Guatemalan, the Guatemalan military oligarchy, that blood-soaked, thirsty military oligarchy that continue with this unfounded claim on our country, and yet and still we have the campesinos who can come to Belize and have more rights, Guatemalan campesinos, that is, can have more rights than you and me that live outside of Belize. And so I think that also is a lot of resentment for Belizeans living abroad because they're looking back and say, hey, yeah, we don't live there. We're not there physically, but we contribute economically and spiritually and, and, you know, and materially. Why yet and still we are treated as, a, we are treated as a second-class citizens? And you know, and someone who just comes from the border, across the border in Guatemala, is given full rights, even though the Constitution of Belize explicitly says that no Guatemalan citizen should hold citizen because that country has hostility towards us. How do you address that, brother? Well, you know, brother, the the whole attitude of um, or people that uh, or people that are abroad, where we look, you. As someone who have lived in Belize after being out in the living outside of Belize for the last 28 years and had lived in Belize for five years after that and have seen and experienced the new dynamics that are unfolding in the internal aspects of Belize, I have I what I want to say to Belizeans and diaspora is that you are not going to make any meaningful change unless you are down there on the ground to do it. 
Okay, um, mm-hmm. you had a prime minister that came up here that says that I'm not going to do it anymore. Uh, it needs three fourths majority to introduce the Seventh Amendment in the House, um, and it's meeting opposition there. I think, in a way, what he's trying to say is that yes, we acknowledge diaspora power, but you cannot do anything meaningful unless you're done on the ground. The immigrants who the Central American immigrants in Belize have an advantage here in that they are going to be there. Their demands are going to be more quickly addressed than ours that lives outside of that country. It is just the way it's, it works. We could talk about what is right and what is wrong in the, constitutionally about how immigrants, Central American immigrants are getting more uh, representation than us and how our constitutional right to vote and to, and to participate has been pushed aside. And that's why you have people down there who are demanding, yeah, if you guys want to do this, you have to come here and live for so many years before you can do A, B, C, and D. Belize is just a country that you are going to make the best impact, like expatriates are doing down there, if you're on the ground. There is, it is very limited and disadvantageous in terms of living outside of somewhere and trying to make an impact there. Um, you just have to, you say there's, there's power in numbers, and the, num, the diaspora numbers are not great inside of Belize. I mean, that's obvious. We, both, we live outside of Belize. So, uh, you know, until you have represent, diaspora representation, in government, in civil society, in religious institutions in that country that will speak for it until those things are there that will represent it on the ground in Belize, we are not going to go too far with this. We are not, and we have seen it already where there has been a great effort exerted from the diaspora over the last, over, since this year. The introduction of uh, Nuriak Barstrada with the Seventh Amendment and the forming of the Belize Diaspora vote. And coalitions have built up and broken down. Because why? You cannot do much unless you are down there on the ground to face your challenges. In the diaspora and Belizeans at home, that class that comes from the status quo, that are resisting, as I said again, it's not the... The, 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 the mass group of, of poor, suffering Belizeans who are resisting. But it's a, it's, it's a class, a, a status quo class that is you're seeing this resistance coming from. They are not, we are, both people are not going to get anywhere unless we get down into Belize and sit across a table and talk to each other. And I know the differences. And still, I don't believe that that status quo class will succumb it will have to. It will have to be politicking on the ground, and I said having representation in in government, in the House of Representatives, in the Senate, and in the churches and civil society that will speak for it. That will speak for the diaspora rights. Until that is done, this is the new move. Farming organizations out here and trying to set up this and set that up there and trying to quarrel on Facebook it is not going to solve the problem. The real action will have to be on the ground, and, and diaspora Belizeans will have to put, as, as Will Mihia likes to put it, boots on the ground, right? 
That is the same. That is if you see what is happening with the border with the Guatemala and the whole ICJ issue and the last issue, the last crisis that had unfolded. It was only when that coalition of Belizeans in the south start putting boots on the ground, start to resist, that you start seeing change. You see that? Mm-hmm. You went down there, yeah. you were part of that. You saw that. On, on, <laughs> if we had just sat back and talked down there, and I think diaspora Belizeans joined with people in the south in helping with assistance, this is what it's all about. It has to, you have to build a coalition that has representation on the ground that is doing the work. And this is what will, will be here. And, 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 and Paco Smith and, 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 and Yaya Marine Coleman and all those other people who joined that force in the South, the people of the South who went there and say, you know, it will not happen. We will resist. And this is what the diaspora Belizeans who are demanding their rights that are enshrined in the Constitution of Belize. This is the kind of representation that they will have to have. Until then, Central American immigrants in Belize who have become naturalized Belizean citizens are going to have an advantage because government is going to cater to them. And they have already catered to them. And if you ask if if it's right or wrong, there is nothing wrong about it. They are just doing what all immigrants do. We in the diaspora here that live, that are immigrants in the United States, we do the same thing. We, we lobby the congresswomen and congressmen for immigration rights to have more access at the envy of the African-American and the white American. But they may not like it, but we demand it, and we get out there. And I have to say this, that Belizeans and the diaspora are very poor advocates. Very, very poor advocates. They don't advocate for anything. Inside immigration issues in the United States, it is the Africans who are leading the charge in black immigration. Because there's two kinds of immigration in the United States, Latino immigration and black immigration. Belizeans in Los Angeles are the largest black immigrant group. The largest black immigrant group. That is information that came from a congresswoman who are looking at that block for, for, for the politics for votes. But she says, the Ethiopians and the Nigerians are leading the black immigration meeting. I don't see you all there. So the diaspora has a problem, right? The diaspora has a problem. The diaspora has to begin to put some teeth into its action, into its activism, right? And start to to realize that it's not should you could build here that is good but you have to have a force on the ground down there that's going to represent you in those different in those in those different sectors I spoke about the city the house of representatives civil society and churches you understand mm-hmm. we see how the gay movement right they are forced to be reckoned with down there why it is an international force right that seek representation in the House of Representatives, the Senate, and they have people that's backing them up in civil society, and also they have the lawyers on board. The diaspora Belizeans will have to get into the same kind of action. And as somebody who lived in Belize and was in direct action, I know I am not only talking, but I lived it. You cannot, you will not, we will not get nowhere until we have built a coalition that is made up of Belizeans on the ground in Belize that is representing us, 
with the help of those abroad here. So that, I think, is addressing the whole problem of, of, of how we are looking at how Central American refugees have been, uh, have, have, been, have been given priority over us. It is just something that is happening because we are not represented down there. Belizeans abroad are not represented down there. And there is nothing wrong with it. And it will go on and go on. It will go on and on. Because they are down there on the ground asking, they are demanding their representation. We will have to do the same thing. We will have to be organized and do the same thing. So, brother, that's, that's, that's how I would address that. Brother, in, excellent. Um, you know, again, let me, for those who have just joined in, my name is Hubert Pfeifferberg, and I'm speaking with my colleague, uh, Bilal Morris. We are uh, operating out of Los Angeles, California. And so, please, if anyone has any comments or just post it on the on the on the on the online, and we will uh, try to address it. Well, Bilal, you know one of the things that I, Dr. Jerome Strong, one of our colleagues, he's always maintained that you know he's trying to develop the relationship between between um, Belize being a migratory population, you know, and that's a fact. Because even though we, and this is this is uh, you know this, you, you can see it demonstrated in our latest PSC scores. I, I want to touch on that for a minute because uh, you know we you know even though we quote unquote have said that we are an English-speaking country, by and large, the vast majority of the country is Spanish-speaking. That's a fact, you know, I mean, and so the PSC, in the, in the last PSC result, for those of you who are not, you know, the PSC result is the, uh, is the test that the, that the children take before they to get into high school. Well, on this particular test, the English, uh, more, less than 53% passed. That's alarming because we're talking about an English-speaking country that used to have a literacy rate as high as in the 90s. Now we're seeing our kids are having a problem accessing English. But then, again, that has a lot to do with the migratory nature of the population because, you know, by and large, you know, you know because of the, you know, because of the nature of our population, you know, Spanish is 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 being the the um the, the dominant language and. And it's nothing racist. I'm not trying to, you know, say it's a racist thing or try to get people up in arms about it because that's not that's not what I'm that's not my, my thing. What I'm what I'm looking at how we can look we are addressing and trying to look at these things to see how it impacts our development as a nation. Because I'm not going to scapegoat a hardworking Campesino who comes to Belize, do the right thing, behave behave him or herself, and make it. You cannot you cannot go against people like that because we essentially do the same thing in the United States. What we are looking there you at. Go. How we are as a people, as, as, as indigenous Belizeans, will, will be able to take our country to the next level, as opposed to being in that static and that, uh, um, you know, like like New York Bar calls it, standing still. You know, where where you know uh, we here we are in a new millennium, and yet we still we still have this archaic um, uh, tendencies to, to 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 view things within a narrow trajectory and paradigm. You know, and we need to develop our political maturity, as I said, as, you know, before, as I started the show, we need to develop our political maturity to, to the point where we can address our problem beyond this, you know, the narrow trajectory of either a PUP or a UDP or, you know, or, or mm-hmm. narrow partisan divide, because that, by and large, to me, is part of what our problem is, because we, if, we, if we can't, if you can't pigeonhole someone, if you can't uh, put someone in a corner or put a label on him, uh, and I want a red or a blue, then then that person becomes you know you you view him as relevant. Anyone who tries to stand in the middle and address these problems from a standpoint and say, look, I am not interested in you know your your foolishness. And people are tired of that. I want to know what's what's in the national interest of this country. Sure, how can I help? But if, 
you know, how can I help to develop my country based on what's right and what's wrong, you know, and look at it from that angle, not based on, oh, because it's, 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 it's by a particular uh, part, party allegiance. You know, and, and so in the diaspora, I think that's one of the problems because they look at it as a, and you mentioned the, um, you mentioned the elite class. You know, the elite class are mostly lawyers, brother. You know, well, I take that back. The elite class is, is, is driven by, by mostly. They are mostly the amalgamation of all different kinds of affluent people in Belizean society. But what I'm saying, yeah. the elite class in terms of what, that, that passed laws in the country, you know, these lawyers are passing laws. And, again, I'm not knocking any lawyers. I'm merely su- suggesting to you that they are part of the problem because a lot of them come from UWI, you know, and, and, you know, in the Caribbean, and they come back to these societies, and essentially, do, do, they, they, you know, they don't do it. They don't become a Michael Manley or a Dr. Walter Rodney. Basically, what they do, they enhance the, the you know, the, 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 they enhance the system without looking at any way to, 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 to any meaningful alternatives to, 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 for structural reform to make our system into a more efficient and effective and economic way to, so we can govern our peoples. So they, you know, they, a lot of them are, like I said, career-minded. They, you know, they, you know, they, you know, they, to me, they are the true enemies of, 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 of um, it is, it is, it is, it is, in terms of, it is like what Farrakhan mentioned in 1985 when he spoke at his first meeting in Burzal. He, he told Belizeans there, he said, the British is gone. He said, the skunk is gone, but the smell remains, meaning that the colonialists has, uh, has appeared to have gone, but the neocolonialists are still there. Oh, oh, yes. Not because you said, but we have, my, my, my people, we only have, you know, uh, We've been discussing so much. I apologize. Time is upon us, or time is up. And I want to thank everyone who's tuned in. We will do this again. Um, I, I want to I appreciate your, 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 your contribution. And, Bilal, I want to thank you, and God bless, and do the right thing. Yes, and thank you too, brother. It was, it was a good discourse. Thank you very much, brother. Bilal. Yeah, man, we needed more time, man. It was just you know we had hours. <laughs> yeah, when I watch when I watch Leo, I say hey, you gonna have some problems because I did <laughs> I done so much radio in the past and KPFK and boy, if you don't have the power structured and if you're not known for talking a song bites and being able to did a good job, man. Um, you yeah, was able yeah. to frame the argument. You were able to introduce the show for the first one, dude. It was it was good and. You you helped me so that I was able to be able to address the issue at hand, you know, and not being all over the place. You know what I'm saying? So I I can't say that you are, but for your what you did, it was a good. It was a good. I think if a, if a lot of them are online and they are listening and they they have tuned into it, they you know they they I, and I do believe a lot of them have tuned into it and they are listening and I think we address the the issue at hand very much. How does Belizeans in the diaspora can participate in the meaningful development of the lease. I think you you address your topic today, dude. It's a good start. A good start. Well I you know, I, I think that a lot of the people who listen to us I you know, we have wonderful